This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand on the air. Hello everyone. Takaho. Selamat datang. Konnichiwa. Hola. 안녕하세요. Assalamu alaikum. And Kiora. Connecting Cultures Features is a show by and for the beautiful and diverse multicultural people of Dunedin. Join me every Friday noon for Connecting Cultures Features on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM, podcast on oar.org.nz. Kia everyone, I'm Arina Aizal, the Community Connector here at Otago Access Radio, and we are here for another live Connecting Cultures show. So, as you've heard, Connecting Cultures Features would feature interview with the multicultural people of Dunedin. And today, we will have a chat with Sean Teo, a very good friend of mine who is currently the OUSA International Student Rep. And he was the president of the Otago Malaysian Students Association last year. So we've worked closely with him uh, with our show. And I'm really glad that today we can talk about his new role. Kira. How are you? Uh, I'm doing very good. Um, just settling into the new role, as you mentioned. So just doing doing pretty good, actually, doing pretty good. So Chinese New Year is approaching soon, so it's going to get a little busy as well. Um, but yeah, aside from that, just settling into the new role, getting things like stuck into it and um, feeling, trying to get a momentum going. Yeah. <laughs> so that I can, you know, very much uh, go into the role with with as much energy as possible. Mm. And we have so much to talk about today. I feel like there's so many things we can cover. And yeah. today it's going to be like an introductory session all about you oh, <laughs> in your life. Um, I am very honored. <laughs> <laughs> it feels so weird to say this, you know. <laughs> yeah. I, but I am, I am very honored. Like, genuinely, I am very honored. Thank you for having me um, on the show. Um, really appreciate having this opportunity to talk. And it's always but great I, to chat with you. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. If we don't cover everything, we can cover some more stuff next time. Yes, there's always next time. You'll Okay, yeah, so yeah. everyone, he'll be like a regular guest here, so <laughs> you'll be hearing Great. his voice a lot. <laughs> um so Sean. So, um it's the new year and as I am speaking right now, I do want to mention that this is my first time back at work, but I'm working from home. So um, I'm really glad that I am speaking with all of you listeners as well, because it's been a while since I actually spoke on radio. So this is a great time to um, catch up with all of you. Um, I do want to ask Sean, how is your year so far? The year so far? Well, it's only been 20 days in. But... It's almost February, okay? Yeah, yeah. Actually, um, it's been surprisingly really good. Um, yeah, because like usually, you know, I'm like struggling to find a balance between the things that I'm doing. But then um, just, just as a side note, I'm not the type of person to usually go with New Year's resolutions because I know for sure it's I like to be a bit more realistic as a person and try and be more grounded in my approach but i was just like this year you know this year's the year of like change just keep going with it and try and find a good momentum you know and um yeah so i started doing a couple of things um that we can discuss later about as well but to summarize i just started to get into better routines um like for example sleep habits 
um, that's still a work in progress. <laughs> but also trying out this new breathing technique. Um, so there's a, a lot of different meditation exercises that uh, I practiced in the past. But this new breathing technique is from a man known as Wim Hof. So he's known as the Iceman. And he developed this breathing technique to also help with um, just relaxation and then dealing with stresses of life as well. Uh, but it's like a bit more intense or rigorous, as I would say, compared to like other breathing exercises because it involves like 30 inhales and exhales, no breath holds. And then on the 30th one, you hold your breath and then you let it all out and you hold that breath like you're not inhaling anything for one minute. And then uh, after that, yeah, it's like a proper like method. Mm-hmm. And it really, I, I didn't even know it like really helped that much like you know as a psychologist and you're also a psychology graduate right we know very much about like the placebo effect yeah um so i feel like as psychologists we have this natural (laughs) awareness like oh no is this placebo is this not yeah Um, so i was like kind of apprehensive at first but actually after trying it out a couple of times um i've been doing it almost every day uh from now on so it's it's been pretty good it's been pretty good so it helps reset uh reset the mind but another thing that he uh, preaches is cold showers. Ooh. So the new year, a bunch of cold showers. So I've been doing that <laughs> for two weeks. Oh my gosh. Wow. Okay. In the morning as well or just yeah, at night? Yeah. So I do not want to do it at night because I want to actually sleep. Because <laughs> like it's just so, it's so dreadful, but it's so invigorating. Um, it's That's cold showers in general. Um, so I'm not one to actually keep up with routines that well, but it's actually been working out so well for this new year. It's actually been great because um, like I've been finding consistency with that. But it's because of my new mantra with consistency in general. Like um, like doing the same thing every day, you know, at the same time is called routine. That's what I believe, not like consistency. Consistency is about doing it as much as possible. So yeah, just really keeping up with those like habits and routines. I, I think it's been pretty good so far with the new year. So looking forward to it. That's amazing. And I do want to relate to you as well. This year, I don't have a resolution, um, which is a big thing for me because all my life, I've always had New Year resolutions. I always put like a goal that I need for myself. But then I realized that I change every few months, you know? So why would I put myself into this year thing where I have to commit and end up not doing it because I don't feel like doing it anymore, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. Because like we only, you know, do those years, months, weeks and stuff. But you could change overnight. You could change. Like, I, I feel like change can happen anytime. That's yeah. why. Um, so instead of New Year's resolutions, everyday resolutions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Today, what am I going to get done? You know? <laughs> I love that. Seize the day. Yeah, it's like one step at a time, you know. Just do what you can yeah. today and like tomorrow, let things be. Yeah, I mean, I understand, you know, like long-term goals are good, you know. Long-term planning is good, you know. But at the same time, it's also good to focus on the short-term. Like have a good balance between the short-term and the long-term. Yeah, I need to work on my long-term because I say too much in the short-term. <laughs> that's amazing um thank you for doing that reflection for us and um yeah and i feel really good knowing that you know when you do your 
cold showers in the morning. <laughs> That's something I'll I'll probably think about. Like, huh? Sean yeah. said that it works for him. Maybe I should try. I don't feel good at first for the first minute, and then the rest of it is like fine. Like you get used to it. So yeah. the pain but, but, is there. For, for those who want to try it, uh, I don't just go straight into the shower cold. Right? I actually go in hot water. You know, do my usual like shower. Uh, because obviously it'd be really uncomfortable like first thing in the morning. You're really <laughs> groggy, you're dehydrated, you just don't want to get into something dreadful, right? And so I just take my usual hot shower. Okay, I feel relaxed now. Okay, time to wake up. And then the last minute, that's how um, you're supposed to do it. The last minute, actually people start off on 15 seconds, right? As long as you do at least 15 seconds of a cold shower at the last... Like, do you blast, count? And like one, two, three. <laughs> There's actually an app that I use. Oh, <laughs> oh he, he has an app. Uh, the guy's Dutch, so he has a really funny voice as well. Cold shower uh, app. Yeah, cold shower app. It's like 15 seconds left. Okay. Oh. Just, you know, bear with it. But yeah, that's that's it. That's very motivating, actually. Yeah. Um, after the first week or so, you're like, oh, I can do this. Yeah. Do this. Well, good on you, Sean. <laughs> um, Hope that keeps up. Yeah. Um, okay. Thank you. Um, so now you're in your new role, the OUSA International Rep. Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> Very humble. <laughs> yeah. I'm always shy when I talk about this. Um, role but yeah um lovely lovely to be in this role yeah mm. very excited for what is to come in the new year yeah Lots of to do, but um very very keen to keep the spirit of the international community going yes um i can't think of a better person than you it's like you Ooh. know you're in the perfect role <laughs> doing the most <laughs> perfect thing <laughs> As they say in Malaysia, you know, please don't like that. Please. Uh, don't like. <laughs> don't like. Um, the Chinese people say paise, paise, which means like embarrassing. Oh, like, oh paise. It's like, it's like if you're Japanese, it's hazukashi, you know, like you're, oh. you're embarrassed. Yeah. Uh, but for Chinese, uh, paise, paise, you know. Like, mm. uh, uh, thank you, thank you. It also means like a way of saying like gratitude. Yeah. Well. But yeah. Um, yeah, really, really excited uh, to be in a role. I hope I can do the community justice, but I uh, just got to keep doing me and uh, hoping to get feedback from the rest of the people. Because with my approach, I love just talking to anyone. Like, I don't want to just talk to representatives and like of the, all the cultural clubs. I want to talk to just normal people, just like people who aren't in these positions or roles because like that's the people I want to cater for because it's it's oftentimes we find ourselves in a position of leadership, but we don't often um, stay connected to, or stay grounded, you know, to the people. Um, obviously at a university level, that's easier to get done, but still there are still those like kinks in those armors that you got to like hammer out. Yeah. So my approach is very grassroots and I hope to continue that approach throughout the whole year. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, do you want to share with us like the current situation of international students from your observation that you're seeing? Yeah, sure. Um, one, uh, I, let's start off with uh, like by simplifying a few, few things so that it's not too overcomplicated when I'm explaining a few things. So I guess I can think of a couple of words that would describe the situation. So one would be frustration. So lots of frustration. Why? Well, obviously with the borders not being able to open um it's been 
it's been super tough and it's been quite hard for us like not being able to go back home um and that's a conversation that's come up a lot in like these circles and these discussions these discourses and it's come up time and time again right but i feel like why it's so emphasized upon like especially with homesickness is because we don't know like international students don't know when we can go back so the uncertainty of when the borders will not open leaves us with nothing to look forward to and with nothing to look forward to we sort of don't know where to look at all like that's that's basically why homesickness is hitting like probably extra hard for a lot of people because we don't know when we will be back um but it's it's one of those struggles that um we're learning how to deal with unfortunately and it's one of those things that i hope to shine a bit more light on and see if i can get more mental health support and mental well-being support in general for the community um even i myself i'm not perfect i'm just a human i you know i'm not perfect but i'm enough you know enough to be able to keep going um and uh to listeners out there i guess you know it's it's okay if you cry i'm a guy right but i cry <laughs> too i have emotions right that's what being human is all about right that's why i started studying psychology so that i can do away with all this stigma um i i like good thing you mentioned this like because i had this conversation with my mom yesterday i was like mom i miss you like oh it's been a while um man i really hate covid <laughs> yeah so yeah and then we just bonded over the fact because you know oftentimes you feel lonely with the homesickness like you know your family's not here and you feel like there's a hole in your heart and when i was vulnerable with my mom she also shared the same sentiment she's like oh my son can't come home and um you know i i hate covid too <laughs> yeah and and it just made me feel so much less alone and i think that was such a relieving feeling for me that um i was able to like again it's hard for me to open up right despite studying psychology and chal- like you know preaching mental health right but it's it's these like skills that we have to practice like and it takes time it takes you know a bit of energy and it takes a lot of courage to be able to open up and be vulnerable in those spaces um but i guess dealing with the homesickness is all about being honest with the situation on a personal and a community level so with international students it's it's that whole concept of being it's so hard to grasp that we can't go back home like it's it's so much denial so much like anger and frustration and so much uh sometimes desperation as well and it's something that we as a community need to band together to try and resolve together and hopefully um i can set up a few things um that might be able to help with that you know but talking it out and being honest with those feelings is always good yeah but yeah that's what i would see is the major problem with you know um or the major issue that international students are facing at the moment um other possible issues i mean racism has always been right racism and discrimination right that's always been the case um in my first year i was able to immerse myself with a lot of local people so i wasn't really subjected to that much discrimination but as i went through uni it was it was quite a revelation i guess you know i've heard stories from my friends experiences from my friends um and it's always like a heavy topic but it needs to be treated with a lot of light 
as well. Um, because we need to be better individuals in order to rise above these people who discriminate against us. Like, um, my approach has always been to educate, not shame, if I ever get the opportunity. And if we can educate people that, you know, and, you know, listen to them, have a proper discussion and conversation flowing, that usually does away with a lot of these, like, um, racial sentiments, um, I would say. But obviously, it's not a silver bullet. Um, but it's the best we can do. So at this stage, yeah, I'm hoping that international students can feel safe on campus. But sometimes, you know, with the culture here, not to say that the culture is bad, but it's just a bit intense for us sometimes, especially when it comes to a, a few drinking problems, I guess. <laughs> um, yes. But um, it's great to see that our community also has its little pockets of um, solidarity where we stick together and we, you know, band together despite whatever discriminatory uh, remarks are thrown at us, we we still keep doing this, right? Yeah. Actually, I, I'm i going to bring my mom into it again. But, um, you should. I, I love her. Yeah. <laughs> I, I only see, see your Facebook her. post about her and she also posts a lot about you, so it comes on my timeline. She's <laughs> lovely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I love my mom a lot. Yeah, mm. she's... Um, she's uh, yeah, she's the light of my life. Um, I, uh, I had that same conversation with her yesterday about homesickness, but I also had the, a brief conversation about... So my sisters are going to the UK soon for studies. And then I was like, oh, isn't the sentiments of racism pretty high at the time? And we had this like, you know, back and forth conversation. And from that conversation, we realized that like racism will always happen, you know, regardless of where you are. Sure, perhaps like some places might be more prominent than others, but when it always happens, the best thing we can possibly do is just to be ourselves and be unapologetic about it. Um, and there will always be people that stand up for us and support us as well. Because despite the racism I've seen, I've seen a lot of anti-racism. So I've seen a lot of people that stand up for um, each other, right? Like local people as well, because um, it's both local and like international as well. So. Really, it's not about whether or not you're international or not. It's about whether or not you're racist or not. <laughs> True. And it's all about like spreading that message of kindness to the community as much as possible. Because it's it's really hard to fight against people who just want to fight you, right? Yeah. So remove their ability to wage a fight or like, you know, then all of a sudden they, they're sort of like disarmed. Yeah. So that's, I would say, the second major issue. A few problems arise from um, here and there. Before I even assumed the role, I had a couple of like, friends tell me about their experiences, and it was just horrible. And I actually went to Camp Campus Watch with them once as well. Campus Watch has been amazing, actually. So if you're ever in an unsafe situation, if you're an international student, please go to Campus Watch because despite um, what people might think of them, they're actually amazing. Like, the way that they just sat down with us and listened to... Um, our whole horrible experience with that, like they were standing in solidarity with us. They were listening to our problems. They were, we were being heard. And I feel like I wasn't even the one being discriminated against at that time, but I felt really validated and really happy that we have people on this campus looking out for us. So yeah, if you ever feel unsafe on campus, like 
I know this is a cliche at this moment in Otago, where you're like, oh, call Campus Watch, call Campus Watch, right? Don't, honestly, yeah, I, I get why you hesitate, but it's it's going to be quite the relieving experience and you're going to feel so much safer with that. But my objective is hopefully to create more awareness about this whole situation and to, you know, call out that and decrease the bystander effect where we can be in a community where we can call out these instances. Um, obviously a long way to go, but with the help of our community, we can definitely do this. That's what I believe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, those are the two major issues that I can think of at the moment. That is a lot of things. Thank you so yeah. much, Sean, yeah. for sharing that with us. And, you know, I'm sure you've had a lot of thought <laughs> about this. Um, I could go on and on and on, but yeah. then I, I reckon we can discuss about other things as well. But to that's, I would say, a brief summary of like the discussion mm. at the moment. Something it's I... Something Something I really enjoy about listening to um, international student reps is that each person has like a really different idea of what they want to do. And it really depends on the kind of person they are. I really like that, you know, because, you know, yeah. we see Geraldi last year and the things I did um, two years ago and with Sabrina and Umi, they all have different things they were focused on. And yeah, I think it's just perfect how, you know, we all come together and it's all for the same thing, but in different ways. Yeah, it's like little pieces of the puzzle. You know, all of us are different shapes and sizes. Well, actually, they're usually the same size, but yeah, um, <laughs> but yeah, 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 but like just different shapes that fit in differently. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's what I like to look at it as. I mean, you're an ex-international um, student ref as well, so um very honored to know you and you know I, I can get advice from you anytime i want as well yeah. <laughs> if the situation does arise but yeah i do find it so interesting and i feel like there will be this struggle at the beginning of the year um i hope um that like in the past as well where international student reps are like oh i want to continue what my predecessor did but i also want to be me so mm. how do I strike that balance? So I'm currently in that phase at the moment. Mm. Yeah. I totally Geraldi understand that. Geraldi has done a lot of good. Shout out to Geraldi. Um, if you're listening to this, hi. Uh, <laughs> he should. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll tell him about it. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Uh, Geraldi has done a lot of good for the community and I hope to uh, continue what he does. And it's a good thing that I managed to see how he works within the community itself. Like last year, when I was taking care of the Malaysian community. Um, because I was working very, very closely with him. Like, we would have, like, catch-ups and, like, you know, go for some coffee. And then we'd discuss about, like, a few issues that international students might be facing. And we would just bounce off ideas with each other as well. Um, so uh, I was thankful that he gave me that opportunity and that space to be able to discuss with him and brainstorm just different ideas and really, like, um, try and resolve these issues, not alone, but, you know, together. Yeah. Because it's, it's been a really good journey. It's been a really good journey. And seeing how, um, yeah, OISA, OISA, you know, the Otago International Student Association, for those who don't know, OISA, um, we are growing as a family too. So we got two more positions as well. Um, this year, uh, one of my goals from the election last year was to take care of offshore students because obviously they're not on campus and their campus experience has been almost tainted because of the border restrictions um so i believe that we needed 
dedicated support for those students. Problem with that is the medium of support has not exactly been consistent and reliable because we're so busy taking care of things here. Like, despite what people think, like things aren't normal in New Zealand, right? Um, we are struggling to deal with the COVID guidelines and it's one of those things that we're still struggling to get down. And if we're struggling to just settle things here onshore, then obviously we're going to be tied up focusing on that and not focusing too much on the offshore things. So something that me and Geraldi lobbied for and tried to, well, he did most of the admin, so credit to him, um, was lobby for an offshore liaison officer. I call it the Olo. Olo! <laughs> Olo! So my, oh the my Olo God, I love this. is the reliable medium of support for offshore liaison, uh, sorry, like for offshore students. Yeah, oh. so they liaison with all these students. <laughs> It's a new role, and we're going to go with it. I love um, the name. Yeah, I know. Olo. <laughs> <laughs> and also, we we have our postgraduate representative, I believe, yep, or postgraduate officer. Um, it's, either, it's either one, usually. Um, so it's great to see so much postgraduate uh, representation being at the forefront of our community as well, because oftentimes you'll find that postgraduates are international students. And they often can't really connect with the rest of the community. Um, I've had the privilege of being able to know a few of these postgraduate students. And they're always amazing to hear their stories from like, you know, some of them started straight after undergrad. Some of them like worked for a while and then they're now like 30 years old and they're doing their PhD. Um, And it's amazing to see what, you know, walks of life that they come from. You know, I feel like at uni, because you also get those adult undergraduate students you know what i mean mm, like the yeah like the older students that are like um like moms and dads you know and they come in and they study as well i i love seeing that because um despite us being like young people like youth right and students i feel like we can actually connect with them and have these conversations with them because their experience is invaluable you know? yeah it's generation and, diversity yeah 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 oh i like that, I like that. <laughs> yeah, generation diversity yeah but yeah um oh are we talking about just the isr role in general at the moment i'm going off on the tangent oh no talk about anything you want this floor is yours (laughs) oh thank you (laughs) if you have any questions um that you would like to ask me stop me anytime yeah Um, yeah because i'll just go on and on (laughs) (laughs) it's fine all right um so yeah that's always uh we for the old roles you have the academic rep the welfare um rep as well the um we got a lot of reps yeah it's <laughs> like yeah. 12 positions right yeah yeah so uh, the ISA family has increased actually from your time it was icon wasn't it e- yeah. um yes but yeah. um we started oisa at the yeah, end of my yeah. term yeah you guys affiliated the club so basically you guys laid down the we the, did the hard the work <laughs> Oh, you had to do the constitution, didn't you? Someone oh. called me the constitution queen of Oisa. Constitutioner. Because <laughs> it was so much. It took so many hours of my time at the end of the year uh, yeah. to create a whole new club, you know? Yeah. You know, it's one of those things. When you start a farm, you know, you're like, the seeds aren't going yet. Yeah. But now you can see them sprout and then, you know, they're turning into trees. Yeah. And yeah, something... so that's because of your hard work. So thank you. Oh, it's fine. 
and something I really appreciate about OISA is, is because of its special position that it umbrellas the cultural clubs, but it works with OUSA. Yeah, yeah. You know? Huh? Because yeah. before this, ICOM was under OUSA, so we didn't really have that independency. Ah, mm. so it was more of a, like, OUSA tells you to do this and yeah. that's it. Yeah, mm. so... I'm guessing in comparison, just for the listeners out there, um, was it is it much more independent now? Yeah, yeah. We have yeah. a, uh, I think, I think we still do a MOU, a Memorandum of Understanding of how we work with OUSA, and hopefully it's been doing well since the last two years that I was there. Yeah, um, <laughs> I think Geraldi's really pioneered that um, front mm. as well. Like um, he really like is hammering it home for the like independence aspect. Yeah. Because our objective is not to try and, like, we want to cater to all international students, but obviously you can't, you know, you can't get all of them. There's 1,400 of us, mm. right? Um, the, the numbers might have changed. Um, I'm going to get an update for that. But, you know, there's still quite a sizable amount of us. And obviously we can't have them attend all their events. But um, me and me and Geraldi share the same um mentality when it comes to our events like it's not about the numbers it's about just ensuring that there is even an event there's a space for these students to feel like they can belong yeah and that and, is something an objective that we both share yeah and supporting um, those who are there you know who come exactly. to the who yeah. are, who are present i i love that because if people do come right they enjoy themselves and they feel like you know they really belong and they're having a really good time and they want to come again yeah. they can usually spread by word of mouth to people like hey i really really enjoyed like my time spent you know, spent with oisa and if you guys are keen we can you know join their board game nights by the way that is still gonna go on every two weeks Ooh. so it's, it's i feel <laughs> like it's something really fun as well and it's not too like you know event admin heavy and it's 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 a great idea. Like started from last year. Like mm. uh, I believe it was Chloe who started it. Tre- the treasurer, yeah. Amazing. Uh, yeah, Chloe's damn funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then um, they just kept it up every two weeks. So that's that's what Oyster's been uh, doing. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Um, shall we take a song break? Yeah, sure. Um. Okay. So it's a. Song request. I didn't mention this to you before, but what would you like for us to play this time? Ooh, um, let me see. I have a new playlist. It's called Fulfillment. Wow. <laughs> wow. <So laughs> that, that defines oh. a lot of things about your life right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it, it's um. So my current playlists are all like under chapters, but I'll, I'll get into it after the song break. Um, uh. Could you you? Um, the Mission by Bakar, B-A-K-A-R. Okay. Like Roti Bakar Bakar. All right. So we'll be right back after the song break. Don't see Tommy keep shining in the streets and we're still wildin'. Only peace, only violence, no violence. In the sun where I'm highest, melanin bias. Jesus Christ, I'm iron made. Darkest shade while she cleans my braids. Skin don't fade and I'm still not phased by your magazine praise. We just wanna be great in these African jeans. 
All I want's my kids to have some nepotism. All I want's my wealth to have some repetition. Call my humble son and tell him that's the mission. Tell him that's the vision. Yeah. Tell him that's the mission. Yeah. Tell him that's the vision. Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM. I'm Arina and you're here with Sean Tio, the OUSA yeah. International Rep, and we're here for Connecting Cultures Features. Yay! Hey. So the song you just heard was The Mission by Bakar. And the lyrics are actually very interesting. I'm reading them now. Oh, yeah. Can you tell me about the song? Because I can see that it's about like peace, culture, I assume. Um, being honest with you, I haven't looked at the lyrics, uh, but I'm looking at it now. <laughs> <laughs> we can look look at it together right now. Yeah, 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 actually, and then we can examine it. Because um, how I go off songs is not, not because it just sounds good. Like, it has to have a st- certain vibe, I guess, like. There's almost an intentional way of listening to the song huh. where yeah, I'm looking out for it. So if it feels like quite fulfilling, you know. Okay, so only peace, only violence. No violence in the sun where I'm highest. Yeah. Ah, it's about like being proud of your own like skin, being proud in your own skin. Yeah. Like, being comfortable in your own skin. 
Yeah, and yeah, Violet's pretty. <laughs> Kid to a man in a whole different land, girl, you made it. I don't want to keep you waiting. No, I just want to thank you for your patience. Assalamualaikum. We can make this go again. I mean, you know, Damn. it's yeah, it's very like empowering. Damn. Like I'm really yeah. glad you brought me this song because it's like it's something that I wish I knew before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's oh man, that's mm. quite resonating to to a lot of people actually. Yeah. yeah. Oh well, thank you so much, Sean, for bringing this song with us. No worries. So for our listeners out there, if you wanna listen again, it's "The Mission" by Bakar, and yay! So for this next part of the show, I was thinking we can talk about. Your life. <laughs> oh, sure. So, bring us back into the life of Sean Teo when you were in school. Because I I heard this story a lot of times. You shared to me about being in Malaysia, being in international school, and oh, yeah. feeling like living multiculturally, even though you're in Malaysia. You know, yeah, and how yeah. that brought you to your understanding about multiculturalism these days Ooh, yeah i think that's a really good segue into that as well mm-hmm. um so i was born in 1999 <laughs> me too Yay. yeah 99 baby <laughs> um yeah so i will be 23 this year oh god oh no, no when's your birthday uh 27 september okay so i'm yeah. older yeah yeah, yeah, Arena's. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a bit older. Uh, okay, okay. Like three months. Uh, so, so just to briefly summarize, because most of that multiculturalism, like what's relevant, I would say, would be in my high school years, right? Um, but I did go to about three different schools um, growing up. Um, one was called KDU. It was a private school, and then the other was called Tembi. It was like a affordable international school. And then um, my family moved me to Epsom College in Malaysia, which is a newly opened like international school as well. Um, some people might call it bougie. Yeah, but um, that's not the point, I guess. But the sort of experience I had that, that kind of fed into why I prefer to live a more multicultural uh, life. So at the school, it was, um, you know, it was all British teachers. So we... We usually had to, yeah, there was no like local teachers aside from like those teaching the local languages, you know, like Malay and like even the Chinese was being taught by Chinese people from the mainland, right? Mainland China, mm. right? So you would learn like Beijing Mandarin. Um, but most of our subjects were taught by teachers from the UK. So it was quite a British school. And to quite briefly summarize it, you know, um, I didn't have like my identity crisis there because I was a theater student and being a theater student, we are taught to use different accents. So when we use different accents, we don't just do accents for the sake of doing accents. How we do accents in general is understanding the culture, understanding the, you know, the people, the history behind it. So I was also a history and geography student. So that was, um, you know, pretty apt at the time. So it was the skills just really like um, complemented each other. So I, um, it was something that I wasn't really aware of till I came to uni. Like, you know, like back then, oh my gosh, yeah, Sean is such a humanities kid, right? <laughs> um, 
Um, so yeah, I had to do different accents, but um, some of my friends would have like a weird mix, like I wouldn't call it weird, you know, like a unique mixed accent um, between like a British accent and like a Malaysian accent because of our environment. And it's kind of natural. And as we know in psychology, that normally happens. It's code switching for people who want to know the terminology. So if you have the ability to code switch, um, that's that's a pretty cool uh, ability to have as well. Um, some of my accents are obviously more strong than the other accents I have. Even the accent I'm using is like a mix of Malaysian and something else uh, at the moment. I don't know what. Um, <laughs> it's the accent yeah. you use when you're speaking to me. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely <laughs> is. I, I, I don't know what it is, though. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, like, um, I remember in school, you know, I, I would be switching my accents, like, left, right. And be like, oh, sir, could you help me? Like, I, I can't do my British accent uh, <laughs> as well anymore. So forgive me any UK listeners out there. <laughs> but, yeah. Sir, could you help me out with this problem, please? Right? And then the next second would be like, hey, bro, you want to go mama later? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> like, uh, it's, it's very... Uh, I wouldn't say easy for me to switch, but it feels natural like for me to just switch back and forth because as soon as I call my mom, right, then the full Malaysian really comes out. Um, like full on, we call it broken English, right? That Manglish, like soup, like it always comes out like um, fully. So whenever we're having like parent-teacher association, like meetings, right, we... we uh, it's so weird because my mom's next to me and my teachers are in front of me and I have to do this weird mixed accent. Yeah, then I have to... Then my teachers just see me switch accents in between to translate for my mom. It's like, oh, he's saying uh, I'm doing well in class and all that. Because <laughs> she can actually understand. It's just hard for her to understand the accents. Yeah, sometimes. especially yeah, when but... it's really strong and, you know, you're not used to hearing it. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, moving on to the multicultural side, like that's just a, we can talk about my school life another time, but then the more relevant multicultural details would be uh, when I took my gap year. So I before I came to uni, I took a gap year and it was one of the best experiences of my life because I got to travel, I got to, like I had the privilege and I'm very grateful that I had that opportunity to travel but to also be able to experience the local culture a bit more. Obviously, being in my school, it, it was a boarding school, so I didn't really get the chance to like connect with my local culture, especially in you know that puberty phase where everybody's becoming self-aware a bit more. And you know, that 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 critical stage of like thinking like, oh, what do I want to do with my life? And etc. You know, all those like life questions, like yeah. so deep, right? Um, but the not so deep part is I just want to connect to my culture. You know, I just wanted to feel rooted to my roots right so i during my gap year i just hung out at a lot of cafes i met a lot of people and even like back home is called grab right here it's called uber we also have uber back home but you know when i'm traveling back and forth from home to like these places to meet up with friends etc um man like the stories that uber drivers would tell us were just amazing because they all came from different walks of life i still remember this one dude i i I don't even know him man like he he talked to me about going to uni like he's starting uni like undergrad right and he's 30 years old he was like sean i'm 30 years old and i'm starting i'm starting uni i just started uni and then 
you know, it sounded like, you know, somber and like sad in his tone. But I was like, hey, man, but that's that's amazing because like, you know, you're still taking full advantage of that opportunity and you're going to have like life experience that none of these uni students will have, you know, because of that. And you, you've definitely worked hard for it and, you know, you're there now and that's what matters, right? So being able to listen to all these different stories, some are a bit more radical than others, <laughs> um, but they're nonetheless an experience that I love to listen to, right? Because I feel like all these people, you know, it's, it's those cab driver stories, you know, that you end up with. And it's all these experiences that sort of fed into um, the, the, my whole like life approach as well. There's a lot of it to do with the multiculturalism that existed in Malaysia itself, you know. And um, we had a few discussions about that, like in some of those, like some of those experiences. And it's great to see how we can still bond despite our races, despite our religions. Yeah, so um, that's not like the main, that's one of the major parts of like my experience during my gap year. Yeah, talking to Uber drivers. <laughs> yeah, but also just being able to go to these cafes and um, admittedly bars as well where, you know, my friends were working there. Um, but they were all from different walks of life, different, you know, races, different cultures, different religions as well. And we all still had that almost camarad like that camaraderie. Um, that brotherhood, I guess, like, hey bro, everybody's a bro, right? Or a sis, you know, like you know. Mm. Um so it's it's amazing to see that because my Malay, right? So in Malaysia, for those of you who don't know, in Malaysia we speak Malay, English, Mandarin, Tamil, uh, Hindi, and other dialects as well that are available. And it's it's usually the case that we can speak the different languages, mostly English and Malay. Uh, if you're Chinese, then it'd be English, Malay, Mandarin, or Cantonese. If you're Indian, then it would be English, uh, Malay, uh, Tamil, and Hindi. Yeah, so having these experiences, like my Malay wasn't as good because I went to a British school, right? But being able to not go out on the streets, right? But like, like, um, <laughs> <laughs> like I, I actually, oh, actually, uh, this brings up a very nice moment I, I had with a bro once. And he, he... Sorry, I, I asked him, I was like, hey, bro, can I learn Malay from you? And then he was like, yeah, sure, bro. Like, you got to learn it straight from the streets, man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, my Malay did improve, like, significantly during that gap year. So I felt more whole um, that I'm experiencing this part of our culture, right? And I felt like I could connect to a different culture as well. Because learning a language for me... Right, I'm not super fluent with languages, but learning a language for me isn't about fluency in just speaking another language. It's fluency in understanding a culture, right? It's fluency in fluency in understanding the history and the people that belong to this culture and how they fit in within society as well. Issues and all, you know, the the good and the bad, and it's it's one of those endearing things that you hold very dear to your heart. Um, yeah. And coming to New Zealand itself, um, most people don't realize it, but Otago is actually very, very multi-diverse, right? Very, very multi-diverse. I mean, we both would know as ISRs and, you know, being here a while, right? Um, 
and with the Dunedin multi-ethnic community as well like so many different people from so many different nationalities is just amazing actually to see right because usually people would say like oh you know Auckland's like the hotspot for like where you know a lot of people are gathering but yeah that's the case yes but that's not to discount that Otago has its base of uh, multi-diversity but what I love about Otago that helps multi-diversity thrive is the fact that we are a small community um, the fact that we all belong to a group where we feel like we don't belong sometimes, right? And it's these differences that make us all feel similar. So many dualities, oh my God. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that multiculturalism, it got more polished. I feel like I really embraced that multiculturalism in Malaysia during that gap year, but when I decided to come to New Zealand and you know immerse myself with the local culture, the tangata fenua as they call them and like just being able to experience that like i was very lucky that my first few friends like so, some of them were maori as well and they would teach me all about like the um the local culture that they had growing up and um i went to toroa college uh, shout out to toroa college uh, it's next to the night and day and it, it was amazing because um there was this competition called big sing right and we had to do singing basically it was just the choir basically right and i just decided to like hey you know um i'm, I'm just gonna go for it and it's gonna be a good time i hope right so it was cool because we weren't just learning english songs right um we were learning Tongan songs we were learning Samoan songs we were learning you know um, Fijian songs even and obviously Toreo Maori songs as well and it's all mixed into one little one medley so it was cool it was switching between all the Pacifica languages and the Polynesian languages um, as well as if you know Crowded House Don't Dream It's Over it's like hey no hey no don't dream it's I'm I'm not gonna sing (laughs) I was giving Um, you the stage (laughs) yeah (laughs) That's yeah. beautiful. Um, so we mixed that up with a medley. And that was one of the few moments that I realized what like, yeah, yeah, that's that's a very multicultural thing to do, right? I was the only Asian in the choir, but um that's good. <laughs> you know, representation. Representation is you important. Know, yeah. Thank yeah, you for representing every... us. The yeah. Southeast Asians. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel that, you know, obviously we do live in a different culture. Like, you know, like Asians and uh, Pacifica people sometimes. Uh, actually, we do get along pretty well, right? But uh, oftentimes at the uni, I do see that people might struggle to find themselves in these spaces where they can actually learn about their, these like, opposite cultures, right? Um, to those out there who do want to learn, like, never fear. People are friendly, man. <laughs> Just... Um, if you, it goes back to a bit of what I was saying about being vulnerable at the start, right? Like, if you're homesick and you feel like you want to belong, um, vulnerability, I'll admit, is super uncomfortable at times, but it's necessary in order for you to forge bonds, right? Because that's how I've made friends, I guess, uh, being able to be vulnerable in the first place. And even I myself, who have who has practiced that, still struggle to this day, and it never feels the same. So I hope that brings reassurance to listeners out there, um, because it's 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 amazing once you you take that risk, you take that leap of faith, you know. And I always say, even even if the outcome, you know, is maybe le- like bad or like disappointing, 
at least you came out of it being yourself and that's that's something amazing that people should be proud of right being vulnerable and being yourself um yep um but yeah this this whole like culture it's definitely something that i'm still exploring and multiculturalism is amazing i mean i love anime quite the stereotypical actually (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah um but i also love like i'm not too much of a k-pop fan but i can understand why people do love k-pop as well you Mm. know I'll, I'll get into it another time. You, you can probably introduce me, Arena. <laughs> we can have so much conversations in the future about so yeah. many different things. It's yeah, amazing. Yeah, I'm always keen to also listen to different aspects of different life, uh, different people's lives as well. Like what shows they're watching, what media they're uh, consuming, what uh, life experiences that they've had. Uh, that's my favorites. Yeah, it um, says a lot but- about them, right? Yeah, yeah, and um, to probably end off like on how multiculturalism can be spread and shared, you know, among people. Food, simplest way. Just the best food. way. <laughs> like we're both Malaysians, so food is at the core of our culture, right? Yeah. And we both know why, because food is what brings people together. When you have a meal, you know, I'm making hot pot, like Szechuan hot pot, you know, for my local kiwi friends and they're loving it you know and we're having some malaysian food for them and they're like oh my gosh like never have i thought you know living in dunedin i would be able to experience such culture yeah so we are both receivers of culture but we are also conduits of culture as well so we can also spread that multiculturalism aside so don't be afraid to be yourself and be proud of your culture as well um that's really good advice and it all starts from us interacting with one another instead of expecting or you know thinking what other people are thinking and just like you said being vulnerable and owning up that you don't know things and other people are open to share things with you yeah exactly Mm. and that's uh it can't get more simple than that yeah i can't get more than that you know and, um, you know, to, to the people out there who's been listening, um, thank you so much for listening to us. Um, hope that you, hearing my experience um, has brought something interesting to your day. <laughs> yeah, and hope to see you more on this show the next time. Yeah, thank you so much, Sean. I had a really good conversation with you. And, you know, it, it really lifts me up every time I talk to you because you bring all these psychology facts and you put oh, it I in <laughs> conversation on mental health and culture uh, and self-awareness. <laughs> it's all uh, in there. Uh, um, yeah, um, you can't see it right now, listeners, but I'm a bit flustered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, what was that Chinese um, phrase that you said? I say, Pai say. I'm yeah, gonna yeah, say that a lot now. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like embarrassing, but yeah. Uh-uh. Um, but I'm the something I've been working on is you know accepting accepting compliments. You know, know your weaknesses, know your strengths. Um, yeah. So thank thank you very much for offering me this opportunity to mm. uh, even talk about these experiences in general. Um, it was really lovely to talk to you, and it's always it's always such a lovely space to be part of the ORFM, you know, t- uh, family, mm. and um to. I'll be back another time, you know, yep. <laughs> you know for sure. Mm. Yeah, but um, just I, I always am very appreciative of people who 
hold space for these kind of conversations. And I hope people out there are doing the same for other people as well, you know, because it's really important and we should keep that going. Yeah. yeah. So thank you. And um, I'm very deeply grateful to Orphan for doing this as well. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much, Sean. We'll talk to you again. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Connecting Cultures Features on RFM. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.